I was doing my thing. I know what was Welcome to the Throwing Smoke Podcast. This is your host, Jay Lupo. I'm the director of Prime Softball, joined by my co-host, Lucian Lloyd. Lou, what up? What's up, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, picking up on podcast number three. Uh, been a big success the first two, stunningly. Can't believe it. Uh, you know, I've had so many people say stuff to me about this, you know, from kids in my class that, you know, don't even hardly know what prime softball is to parents, to players. It's been a, it's been a great experience. Yeah, Delaney, uh, that were asking, does your dad really have a podcast? And yeah, I mean, people, kids that she goes to school with that have nothing to do with this, that have listened to it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's been, the response has been crazy. I've been really excited about it. It's gotten to the point where I look forward to it every week, uh, which is, you know, looking forward to talking to you. That's, that's, uh, you know, that's never been the case before. So <laughs> I hear you. So this week we're going to, you know, do our typical rundown of the prime softball fall league week five action. We're getting towards the nitty gritty. Uh, we're starting to see kind of a, I say a clearer picture. The reality is, is, uh, we're not nobody separating themselves. It's just getting more jumbled up. But we're going to talk about week four action. We'll highlight some players. Got a little bit of, uh, you know, extra news this week that we want to touch on and talk about. And that'll be interesting to hear about. Uh, but that's really all I got on the agenda for tonight. We got a special guest uh, coming up later and coach head, uh, head coach Autumn White. She's the head coach at MPC, National Park College. Your daughter, Delaney Lloyd, at 20. 20- is actually committed there along with multiple of our other players we have former players playing on that team right now and so she's going to be a great great interview uh she's got a lot of unique insight into not just the, you know the junior college but the college recruiting game etc so that's going to be a good one but that's that's kind of what's on the docket for tonight and well be- before we get started do you mind if i have just a minute no, man. Go ahead. It's your it's your podium, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of want to address the elephant in the room of uh, some stuff that transpired this week and just, just want to clear some things up. Um, you know, we, we had th- – this podcast was created with the idea of uh, promoting all the girls in our organization and everything that – is good about them with me and you doing it. There's going to be personalities involved in it. I mean, it's just our nature, but some of the things that came out in last week's uh, podcast were taken the wrong way. And uh, it, it, it just, it, it still baffles me that it was taken that way because it, it I mean, if there's two people that care about these girls, I mean, nobody cares more about them besides maybe their parents than us. And, uh, I just want to touch on a few things that, you know, uh, this fall league, it was created with a draft. It was not handpicked. The teams were not, they were, they were designed to be balanced. And I mean, the records show that that's what it was. Um, and absolutely and, right. right. And, and on top of that, uh, you know, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't received a nickel from this. I, I'm pretty sure you haven't either. So we're doing this because 
of what we want to do for these kids. And I mean, you, I mean, I don't give you credit very often, but I'm going to today and I'm going to say I'm doing all this so you don't have to, but I mean, you, you work extremely hard at all this way harder than I do. And, uh, on Saturdays, if for some reason you don't get to shake hands and kiss babies with every family that walks through there, it is not a slight to anybody. It is, I mean, you are extremely busy. You are responsible for the scheduling, the balls, the umpires, everything. And I mean, my hat's off to you because it's ran very, very smoothly. But then one of the other issues that was brought up in this was, I mean, if, if we make a sarcastic comment, like Skylar Sterrett's kind of fast. <laughs> I mean, good Lord, anybody that knows Skylar Sterrett knows she's really fast. Yeah. Obviously, that's tongue in cheek. Yeah. We are never going to get on here and speak ugly of a teenage girl. It, no. it, it is not in either of our natures. Right. Uh, if anything is taken that it may be that way, the easiest way to you know, clarify that situation is a text message, a phone call. I mean, all of this could have been cleared up with one phone call. Yeah. But instead, we took to social media, and that is never going to end well. No. Uh, I mean, you work too hard for all the girls involved to have to have to to have that happen, and I, the other issue that was brought up was that we've made reference to several times in the first couple podcasts, the dream team that we refer to. Yeah. That was not handpicked by either one of us. No, no, it was not. <laughs> Coach Jackson at OBU specifically asked for those kids. True story. That is why those kids were there. If some, another coach ref wants us to bring a select group of kids, we will bring them too. Right. It was not a shot at any kid that didn't get asked. No. It no. was a compliment to the 15 that did. That's right. That's right. And once again, I'll, I'm, I'm going to get off my little soapbox. Yeah. But if anybody has a question, a comment, a concern, anything, reach out to Jay, reach out to me. Reach yeah. out to any of the coaches in it, and I promise you, if we don't have the answer, we'll find somebody that does. Yeah, I mean, I I agree, and I appreciate you saying that. And I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, that was not something I anticipated. But uh, again, you go to social media; it very seldom ends very uh, very well. And we actually have, if you look on our website, I didn't make parents sign it uh, this fall simply because we were starting a new organization. Everything was so busy. But going forward. Uh, Parents will have to sign this document before they play for us, and, and in it, it 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 addresses me. That's grounds for removal if it's not handled the right way. But yeah, I can, a lot of things cool. you can. But I can pretty. I don't know where this podcast will go, or who or our guests are going to be in the future, or how big or small it may be. But one thing I do know is we're never ever going to get on here and talk bad about one of our. No, kids. no, and in this particular instance, it hurt me because I love the kid. Yeah, absolutely.
absolutely. Uh, been a big part of things. Uh, but, you know, it just just is what it is at this point. It's a world we live in. And, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to do what we're doing. I think uh, we've got a lot more uh, a lot more uh, evidence that people are enjoying what we're doing and just on, on the field, off the field, on the podcast and the social media. I think we're uh, we're kind of setting the setting the tone there for this state anyway, and we're going to continue to do it. So, yeah, now I think we can move on to week five action in the PSFL. And, again, it's another bloodbath, another bloodbath kind of weekend. Nobody really uh, gained any type of separation uh, this week. And, you know, you have uh, Gray. Gray is still sitting at the top of the standings. They're 6-2-2. Two and two. And I think the, the scenario is I think they would have to lose a game next weekend uh, and maybe – Let's see. No, no. It looks it looks like they would either have to lose and tie or lose and lose to not be the one seed. If they win a game next weekend, they're uh, or tie both games, they're going to finish as the one seed. So they've done a they've done a great job all year lock of staying atop the standings. But right now, you know, there was only one team that really kind of uh, separated themselves and climbed the standings a little bit, and that was Navy. Navy is the first team since week two to go 2-0 and on a Saturday, you know, that's a rare feat in the PSFL. Nobody ever goes 2-0. and You, man, you've been close to doing it numerous times in this weekend. But fact of the matter is nobody does it, and Navy did it this weekend. So talk a little bit about Navy. They kind of yeah, – Gray's in first place. They're likely to be the one seed. But uh, I don't want to see Navy in the playoffs. I, I do know. Yeah, they uh... – if uh, if Vegas was putting odds on it, uh, I don't know if they're the favorite, but uh, the, you're gonna. That's where my money's going. Yeah, probably me too. Honestly, I mean their their lineup is stacked, and the the kid from baseball that's come in, she she throws it well. Yeah, she does. I mean, that's kind of added a a whole other element. You know, when we got a pitcher, uh, you know, I said. Okay, well, who are the two teams that need the most pitch help? And they were the two teams that kind of only had two arms. And uh, it was you, it was Pink, and it was uh, Navy. And I chose to give her Navy because you need else. So our other right. came in, you got her. Maddie Chandler's done. Uh, For sure. Carly Duncan, uh, I'll go ahead and spill the beans because it'll be out by the time uh, Wednesday. She's going to be our pitcher of the week, week in the fall. He's a. Uh, Carly has thrown eight innings and has like a .85 ERA, nine strikeouts. She's she's getting out. She's not giving up room. She's not walking people. And so she's been an immediate instant impact uh, player for Navy. And we already know about how dangerous that first four is. But, you know, it's not them. I mean, last week against Columbia, very tight, good game early. Cooper was pitching. Cooper Terry. And she had an opportunity to get out of a rough, potentially rough first inning, giving up only one run. And we've talked before, when you lead off a game with Skylar Starrett, Sadie Starrett, Addison Hoffman, and Taylor Irvin, I mean, you've probably given up a run. I mean, that's just so – that, Yeah, don't run. forget Ellie Johnson right behind them. That's exactly right. You're, you're going to give up a run most times. And they were they had given up one run. They had two outs. The bases were loaded. And Hagen Glass, who's a 27 from Lakeside, she got a basis clearing base hit and, you know, put them up 4 nothing in that top of the first. And 
uh, they really were never threatened. I think they won that game five to one. And so it, the week before last, when they came back to tie me with uh, without the Sterrett girls, uh, it was Bell Easterwood and Addison Ritchie who got the big hits. So Navy is a team that, yes, they are absolutely brutal at the top of their lineup. But, man, they're they're good all up the way up and down. And they've got two good arms that, that really are throwing as well as anybody in the league. So I, I'm kind of on that odds-on favorite. Yeah, lucky for me, I get to face them this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do, I do have a little inside info. On that, uh, Skylar Starrett is going to be busy at the University of Arizona camp uh, this weekend. So you will not have to face the lovely Skylar Starrett. And little Sadie Starrett, she's uh, she's going to be struggling to find a ride there. So, you know, we're trying to figure out how we can get her to Harding because I absolutely want Sadie to play, especially now that I know she's playing you. Uh, but Sadie, well, I think I think Doug should take all of them to Arizona with him. <laughs> no, I think he's just. I think that's a him and Skyler trip there. Oh, uh, going to be home, but we uh, we're going to try to find a way to get her there. But yeah, Navy Navy's tough. But again, it's 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 just a parody. I mean, my team's a good example this week. Your team's a good example. Uh, we played great in our first game Saturday, and. You know, this is the great team that had lost one game all year, and we beat them, and it really wasn't close. I mean, we beat them from the the opening bell, and we're never really threatened at all. And uh, then we turn around and we play you in our next game. How'd that one go? Exact same thing to us. Uh, we were never we we took a two nothing lead, but you got it right back in the bottom of the first, and I mean, you kind of coasted to that victory. It was never really a game, so that's a perfect scenario for how much parity is in this league. Yeah, I, I, I think we need to spend more time talking about that game. I, you know, I was gonna. I mean, it's a game between the fourth and the sixth place team. I mean, it's weird. nobody really wants to hear about it. Yeah, I, I think everybody wants to hear about it. Hey, I, I, I'm telling you. You know, we kid around all the time, but I, I can take a loss. I, I'm I'm okay when I get just beat. I, I can live with it. I just got beat. Uh, pink outplayed white from the opening bell. Like I said, I mean, your your kids played really well. You know, something that's been a bothersome deal for you, really, two areas all year is your, your hitting and your defense. And not only did you guys hit the ball extremely well, in that game against two very good pitchers, y'all played tremendous defense, and so we did. We did. When that was Pink that had, was a when that Pink was great. Plays defense. Pink is a really difficult team to beat as well. Yeah, and then the other uh, side of that spectrum happened for us in our next game. <laughs> That's exactly right. Again, the bloodbath of the PSFL. It, you know, you, you had the same scenario. You were up, you were in control, and then you didn't – well, it really wasn't your offense in that game. It was the defense that got you. And it was it stunningly by the, not only the best defender on your team, the best defender in the entire organization. And Allie, I know, had a rough game and definitely did not like that, how that transpired. But, man, she's she's so good and just such a good player. Uh, you saw her today. Her spirits were up. They were high. She's oh, yeah. I mean, well, I, I'll tell you what I told her and I told her mama. Yeah. If you give me a four-run lead in the bottom of the last inning, there's not a kid I'd rather the ball hit to than her. No. no. And so if, 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 if 
that's what I'm going to get, I'll take it every time. Me too. You and me both. I would live with that scenario 100 Because <clears throat> there's not a kid I believe in more than that one. No, no. I mean, she, you know, we, we try to different kids on this podcast and we, do, we don't want to just talk to the very best players. I mean, I want to give a lot of kids some publicity and we're going here in a little while. Kids that, you know, some of you li- people listening may not even know who they are, but uh, Allie, you know, we can't talk about her enough. I mean, Allie is just, Allie's just a wonderful. She's a great kid and she's such a good player in all facets of the game. And uh, I know she felt horrible, but at the end of the day, uh, you, you look at her today, she was good spirits leading the workout today. Just that's that to me shows more about Ali Mendoza's character than anything else. Uh, she is a leader and she knows how to handle adversity, she knows how to handle failure. And uh, the, the sky's the limit for that kid. Well, like when we were talking to the girls today and they were talking about getting better on defense and how mistakes were going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, and, you know, and college coaches want to see them fail. I asked Allie in front of all of them, I said, Allie, did you lose your scholarship after last night? She said, nope. I said, see, that's, <laughs> I mean, that, you know, that that's it. I mean, it, it in a nutshell. That's She's absolutely. human. Everybody. I mean, I was starting to think she wasn't human, <laughs> but know. she is. She is. Everybody's human. And, and you're 100% right on that. You know, like we told them today, I mean, we've, We've run into that with some of our kids. Some of our kids have gotten offers after they've struggled. Uh, yeah, I vividly, I'm not going to mention the kid, but we'll mention her in a little bit. But uh, in Kansas City, a coach from Arkansas showed up to watch this kid, and she did not have a good game. She faced adversity. She kind of got chased out of the game pretty early. We lost the game. It was to a freaking that Nebraska gold team, of course. And, uh, you know, she got an offer right after that game. And it was one of the things the coach said to her is we liked how you carried yourself and could continue to compete. And that's what it's about. Everybody's going to fail. The college coaches know you're going to fail. Uh, they're not looking for you to be perfect. What for is how do you handle it when you do fail, when you do have adversity, whether it's you let a ground ball go through your legs or you strike out. What is your reaction to that? Because you're going to do those things in college. You're going to face adversity. And if you can't fight now and fight through adversity, you're not going to be able to do it in college. Either. Right. And like I told him today, I said, you know, don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid to be great. Yep. Exactly. Because when you're trying to be great, failure is going to happen as well. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's right. I mean, hundred percent. So that is the PSFL in a nutshell, man. It's, it's anybody's game anybody's game and uh you know army's another good example they're down there at the bottom but they're only three and a half games out of first place they did lose a really key player this week and what did they do they won they won their first game i mean that's that's just how it is it's a very evenly balanced league which i think you know it makes our standings ugly i mean you look at the psfl standings it's it's ugly to look at but Boy, that tournament's going to be fun here in two weeks in Monticello. That's going to be, that's going to be anybody's fight right there. Yep, I agree. Um, okay, so we're gonna let's move on and let's spotlight a few kids uh, from from each team. You know, I again, we we're not going to talk about the same players every week. We're not going to uh, 
talk about the best players every week. We're going to highlight kids that we, we think are having, you know, good weekends, good falls, and uh, going to talk about them a little bit. So we can start with Army and two kids that continue to plug away for them and perform on a weekly basis. They have faced some adversity at times. Uh, some of them said they're both pitchers. And sometimes they pitch good. Sometimes they don't. But uh, their bat, their bats have pretty been pretty consistent all fall, and they're they're grinding in the circle. And that's uh, twenty six is Callie Holcomb and Sophie Stone. You know those two kids, week to week, they're there every weekend, and they're grinding, man. They're they're out there busting their butt, and I, they're a big reason why Army is the type of team that, yeah, they're in, quote, last place right now, but it wouldn't surprise me at all all, uh, in two weeks if Army makes a run through this tournament. And Callie and Sophie are a big reason why. So I know you've seen them and faced them. Talk about those two a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, I mean, you say they're in last place. Uh, Two of my losses are against them. I haven't beat them yet. So, I mean, it, it just goes to show, again, from top to bottom, anything can happen. But with with those two pitchers, when they get in there, uh, I mean, it's like I said about a pitcher last week, they compete and, and you know, every time they step up, I mean, you're in the box against them. You better compete because they're going to. And, right. and as a coach, that's all you can ask for. It really is. I mean, those, those kids will grind and fight. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that I've always loved about Sophie uh, is that she, you know, Sophie will stick her nose in it, and and that's that's really a good quality as an athlete. I mean, you really got to have that. And so, uh, let's move to Black, and this is a name we can talk, we have talked about, and we can talk about. Literally, you could probably sit here for a week and talk about how much we like this kid. We got to see her again today, Maddie freaking Holcombs. How good is this kid? Well. Uh... I looked at you when the win and run was on third base and we had two outs and I looked up and I looked at you and I said, look, who's on deck. And it was her. And I knew that <laughs> if we didn't get the out before she came up, game over, we weren't going to win. No, you weren't. And, and, you did. Uh, <laughs> and it played out exactly like I thought. I mean, the pitch that she swung at wasn't a, I mean, wasn't a good pitch that I mean, like you probably don't want her swinging at that one. Yeah, because she she got out front and just kind of threw the bat head at it. Yeah. She delivered it right through the five six hole ball game. Well, and and this is the kind of kid she is, the kind of player she is, and she's gonna have to work on this a little bit because I mean, geez Louise, but you know, she, I came up to her after the game and was telling her how good she is and stuff, and how that was awesome. She got the walk off, and you know what she told me? I didn't hit it very good. I didn't hit. It. <laughs> Well, well, I'll say this: she is a hundred percent right because I saw her. I, I have, I have never. That is the softest hit I've ever seen her have. Now, obviously, I hadn't seen all of her at bats, right? But she does not miss a barrel. She doesn't, man. I mean, she she is so good. Like in this, for those that don't know, Maddie's a twenty twenty seven uh, out of Joe T. Robinson. I'll get to see her tomorrow night because Lauren plays volleyball at Joe T. Robinson, but she is. Uh, She's new to us. She came over with Doug and the and the Starrett girls. And this this kid's special, man. She is she is a straight stud all across the board. She has she I think her best tool is her arm. Uh she is an absolute weapon behind the plate. I mean, well, I, Autumn and Dory were sitting in the dugout when we were playing against her. And when she came at the bat, I just looked at Autumn and Dory and I said, This one right here is a monster. 
And that's the best way I can explain her. Because her, <laughs> when I said that, Steve Starrett's coaching third, and he looks at me and he says, "I'm 99.8 percent sure she's gonna hit. She's gonna hit this ball hard." <laughs> and I mean, he doesn't. I I tell him, I said, "Yeah, you're probably you're probably shortchanging her a little." I don't get that out of my mouth, and she sends a rocket into the outfield. I'm just like, "Yeah, you're you were wrong. That was way too low." Yeah, that's right. That's right. She she's a really good player and a really good kid. Hitting five sixty five, multiple extra base hits, multiple RBI, scored eight runs. I mean, Maddie's having a, a really really good ball, and she's gonna she's gonna be a star for our. Team. I think she scored all eight of those against me. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's consistent week to week, weekend to weekend, and 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 really, she's a twenty seven that has literally gotten some form of attention from the college coach we're at that weekend every single weekend and so this kid in in two years man she's she's gonna have so much opportunity she doesn't know what to do with it and and you know she she's a good kid too I mean, well yeah I, if the coaches aren't giving her attention they're not doing their job uh, yeah that's she definitely I mean. deserves it it's really easy to to watch her and see how good she is so maddie is having a heck of a fall let's move to columbia now Columbia, Columbia is a good team. We know they're they're big players. Kids like Cooper Terry, McKenzie Guy, Sarah Campaign, uh, Raylan Kelly, and those kids are all delivering. They're all having big falls uh, at the plate and doing what you you would expect them to do. But a kid I want to talk about, and you you got to probably meet her today actually, is a kid named Adeline Vasquez. She is a 26 from Texarkana, Texas, and uh, she came to us last summer good player can pitch a little bit can hit a little bit good versatile defensively works hard and uh she's she's quietly having a really good fall for them she's hitting 430 and uh she's thrown a lot of innings for them i think she actually leads their team in innings over cooper uh she drove three hours today to come to the workout and put it put in work and i mean this is a kid that you know you you can just tell good things are going to happen for this kid down the road because she wants it and she works hard for it. And so talk a little bit about Vaz. Do you know who I'm talking about? Number I think number 11 for Columbia. She, she yeah. We, the first time, uh, the first time we played them, we, we faced her and you're right. She's, she's a, she's a good little pitcher. There's, there's no doubt about it. And like you said, driving three hours today for a workout after playing all day yesterday, that's what's going to make her better. I mean, if you have, that kind of drive, good things are coming. There's no doubt. I mean, there, she's already got a good foundation, yeah. but that right there will definitely she put her to another level. Continue to get better. And I know she works down Texarkana with a friend of mine, Nick Bishop, and uh, she she's putting in the work. Two other kids that I want to mention on here, number one, Allie Hammaker, Bob. <laughs> this kid – you know, I've liked her for a long time. Uh, she picked up with us in Oxford, Mississippi, about a year and a half ago. And uh, it came at a moment's notice. You remember she came from Hawaii, like literally flew in from Hawaii and rushed up there just to sit on our bench. I've kind yep. of been her ever since then. This summer, Allie did not hit the ball to her ability. Uh, she did not have a very good summer hitting. And I knew that was an anomaly. And this fall – that she is murdering the ball she's hitting in the high 400s has like eight runs nine rbi i mean she's at the top towards the top of rbi leaders in the league 
great kid from Little Rock Christian at 25, and she's really uh, – she's showing out uh, weekend to weekend. Now, this is becoming a thing. She's hitting the ball every weekend. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. I'm, like, I've been around her a little bit, um, not a lot, but she's very quiet when I've been around her. Yes. So it sounds to me like she's a silent assassin because <laughs> hitting over 400 in, in this league is, is, is nothing to – Nothing to hang your head head about. That that right. that's outstanding. She is. She's done a great job. Last kid on Columbia is a special one to me too. Her name's Kendall Walker. She's a twenty five from CAC. She did not even know if she was going to play in it until the last second. Uh, you know, they're having a family thing right now, uh, which you know, if you know, you know. That's one of those things. But Kendall's special to me because Lauren and Kendall play on the same jail volleyball team together. Her dad and our good friends and uh they're just the walkers are some of the best people you'll come across in in you know travel sports and kendall has come in didn't even know if she was going to play and has again she's hitting around 400 hitting multiple extra base hits every weekend and she's hitting she's getting big hits off good pitchers you know i saw her get a big double off kendra terry uh she got who did she get that hit off of today may have been Harley Duncan got a big hit off of. And so I don't know if you know Kendall. Uh, so you don't have to talk about her if you don't know her. But Kendall is a great kid who is who's doing a lot of good things right now. And she she doesn't really think she wants to play college softball. She's a heck of a dang volleyball player. But, you know, she's one of those kids we talked about Cooper last week, how she just kind of rolls out of her bed and can hit. Kendall's kind of like that, too. Well, I mean, if, if if you're coming up in big spots against a couple pitchers you just named, that I mean, I mean, not a whole lot else needs to be said. I mean, that that's yeah. that's big time. I agree. She, she. So we'll move to Gray now. Now Gray did not. This was the first weekend. You know, I always compile the the stats for each weekend and send them out to the coaches, and we vote on the awards and all that. And this was the first weekend where I didn't have like seven or eight Gray kids. <laughs> on that list, you know, usually it's their entire team. Uh, this weekend, it, w- it was just a couple of them, uh, but they've had a phenomenal year. I mean, top to bottom, that team is tough. They, they hit and they play defense. Two kids I want to single out for them who have had big falls. Number one, Kat Keeling. You know, she's new to us, coming from, uh, I believe, the Dingers, came to us this fall. Cat is every bit as advertised. She is just a really, really good all-around softball player. Rich Mountain's getting a very good player well, when she heads up there next year. Yeah, another one that I, I haven't heard say a whole lot, but she just goes to work and, and handles her business. I mean, she doesn't she, – she's not the loudest kid, but she produces. Yeah, that's right. Right. I mean, Cat's not going to draw it <clears throat> uh, at all goes out there and does her job but she's hitting like 571 five rbi nine runs she's hit some multiple extra base hits she's a very good defensive catcher she's good in the infield you can play her in the outfield uh it reminds me a lot of you know that reminds me a lot of madison chaplin just very very versatile and uh she's done awesome then you move to <laughs> who's gotten some publicity in this thing you know she was <clears throat> for like the first four weeks and it's done really good, but we have we I don't think we've talked about her on the podcast. She's new to us as well, and that's a uh, twenty-five outfielder, Dita Porterfield. Uh, Dita, Dita's a dang good player. Uh, she's she's hitting five hundred for that great team on the on the year. 
she went, she didn't make the catch, but she almost did. And it was against my team this weekend. And she was like laid out full center field. <clears throat> a sports center type play. And uh, this is a kid who's got a college interest uh, from a number of places. And uh, talk about Dita and just her ability and the kind of addition she's been to our program. Man, she, I mean, she's she's what I refer to as a, as, as, as a dirt bag. Right. I mean, she she is a go getter. From I mean, when, when the when the first pitch is thrown to the last one, she's going to she's going to do what she has to do. Right. To either get on base, make a play, whatever. She's not the right. biggest kid. She's got a pretty dang good arm for that little for that little body. She does. She's got a very good arm. Uh, Nita's a heck of a player, and just those two are two of the many that have kind of made that great team tick uh, all year. Moving to White, let's see. I got to talk about Elena Lyle. I mean, Elena, Elena's one of ours. Uh, she's been she's been with us from day one of this thing, and yeah, you know, she gets a ton of publicity. She, I mean, I. If it's not documented, it should be. She's, you know, Elena's one of the most heavily recruited players in our organization. Uh, she's got multiple Division II offers from the GAC. She's got D1 interest still. She's still getting D1 interest. Uh, she's got a big trip planned Sunday, actually. But Elena, she's getting a lot of that for her pitching. But Elena's bat has been what it it's capable of being in this fall league. She's hitting 632, which I hadn't got the weekly leaders yet for this week, but that's going to be in the top three, uh, I would think. She's hit six doubles. Okay, that's a lot of doubles. She, she hit an absolute mammoth home run against Yeah, her. it landed in the baseball field. It did. She hit it in the baseball field, and, and uh, I measured that field is 220. So she hit – it was just a laser. I mean, it left really, really quick. And uh, in the circle, she's been good too. 22 strikeouts and 15 innings. We know and expect a lot of Elena, but Elena is uh, meeting and exceeding those expectations for me in the fall. She's really played really good every weekend. Talk about Al. Well, I mean, when Al is locked in, there's there's not one better. I mean, she she has got a lot of pop in that bat. And when she stays back and drives through the ball, we saw it Saturday. I mean, that was – 250. Yeah, yeah, I think I so. I mean, that that's a big that, shot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Elena, Elena is usually at her best offensively when she's patient. Uh, and she we, we've seen that this fall a lot. So we're really hoping that will carry over into tournaments because a patient Elena is a very dangerous hitter. Elena's a very good two-way player. I mean, she gets – you know, if you can pitch, and it's like this in baseball too, if you can pitch, that's where their, people are going to want you pitchers uh good pitchers don't grow on trees and she's a good one i mean i would say elena i mean she cruises in the low 60s that's where she lives she when she throws her change up correctly to me it's the best pitch in the whole organization uh it's it's that lethal and she gets a lot of attention for her pitching but you know elena's a good two-way player she can absolutely hit the ball when she like you said when she's locked in and right now she appears to be locked in uh Another kid I want to mention on my team is Charlie Wardlaw. She's a 26 catcher from Warren. Uh, good athlete. She can play third. She can play in the outfield. She was kind of the Madison Lindsay of your – you'll relate to that – of your team early in the year. She was hitting the ball hard, just hitting it at people. 
She's found some holes the last couple of weeks, had two big doubles against Gray. A lot of potential in this kid. She is an explosive athlete. Really reminds me a lot of Delaney in that respect to where you look at her and you might not think, oh, that's going to be a very good athlete. But she actually is. She's fast. She's got a big arm. She moves well. Uh, talk about Charlie. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, she's she's um, today, saw her today. And, you know, she's always smiling. But, again, another one of those quiet kids. But, like you said, when Doug was asking who was – who was the fast ones? Uh, she was one of the first ones you named and there, there was some speed there. So yeah, that speaks a lot of her ability, but as far as, you know, hitting the ball right at people and hitting it hard, I've got a few girls on my team that have been doing that. And like I tell them, and it's the same way with her, if she keeps swinging, I mean, you keep putting it in play hard, good things are going to happen. It's going to find a hole. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, apparently, you know, she's, she's kept swinging and, and, Two doubles yesterday. I mean, that that just goes to show that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so moving to pink. Let's move to pink. Pink, pink is a dangerous team. They 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 have proven that they can run with anybody in this thing. And if they play defense and hit the ball, they're as good as it gets. Two kids I want to mention on that. We've already touched on Allie. Allie I wanted to talk more about her. Allie is, you know, what she, she I think she was a thousand this weekend. I don't I, I don't think Allie got out. Uh, offensively no she was four for four and had a walk right right so i mean this is a kid who's hitting around 600 has hit multiple home runs she is uh she we know her for her for her defense and her defense is what's truly special about her it's better than all the other kids but her uh her offense is is really good too her base running Allie is the total package and talk about just her overall ability. Well, I mean, she she affects the game in in every asset um, aspect of it. She on the bases, on, I mean, in the box, in in the, on defense, and and not only that, but more importantly, in the dugout. I mean, she is a leader. Every time, you know, every time every time somebody's down, she's letting them know. You know. You, you're fine. You're fine. You know, it, it's just, she, I mean, she was my number one pick for a reason. Yeah. And, and she's, I mean, exceeded that at any expectation I could have had. <clears throat> I agree with that. Really liked what you just said there. She is a vocal leader and just, just an A plus kid. Another one I want to mention, and we, me and you have talked about her quite a bit. I've, uh, trying to get her to move down to the good school in Cleveland County, but she won't listen to me. Again, that's, there's one of those sarcastic remarks, so don't anybody get offended. Mackenzie King from Rising, she's hitting the, she hits the ball, man. Man, we, we were in the cage getting warm before we played y'all, and she was striking it so well. And then, like, we get out there to play, and her first at bat, she was a little off balance. And I just told her, I said, hey, babe, Stand tall, stay balanced, and drive through it, just like what you were doing in the cage. And, man, she that kid can hit. I mean, she hits it hard. I learned that the hard way the first week. I was pitching to her in the batting cage, and she hit me in the wrist. Uh, go ahead and t- tell the listeners about that one. Yeah, I, I was the second batter that I threw to in the whole fall league. She hits me on this with the second pitch with a line drive to the wrist. Oh, man. And, <laughs> Yeah, I tell you. Yeah, I, I, 
I'm telling you, I had to play it off like it was nothing. But my <laughs> wrist was swelling up, and I mean, I was dying on the inside. And off. <laughs> yeah, and and we get to the dugout, and I said, Mackenzie, you're gonna have to sit this game for hitting me in the wrist. And she looked at me like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "No, baby, I'm kidding." But oh. yeah, she can really, she can really, really swing it. But <laughs> I'd like to talk about one of the kids on my team, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Lila Becker. Yes. This kid, she's she's as shy as any kid I've ever been around, but she's starting to crack out of her out of her shell. And this weekend against y'all, she was on deck, and I told her, I said, "Hey, if I give you the sign, I'm going to need you to lay a bunt down. It's going to be a big spot. We're going to need it." And she says, "Yes, sir." And then the girl in front of her walked, and as I was going up there to get the bat, I said, "Hey." I'm not giving you the sign. Just lay it down. And she said, yes, sir. And I was wanting it to be a sacrifice. Right. She lays it down. Perfect. Bunt single. I mean, she's grinning ear to ear. The next game, she's leading off the inning. And I walked up to her and I said, hey, you're leading off. You got the green light. You want to swing or you want to bunt? She said, coach, I kind of want to bunt. <laughs> and I said, well, hey, if you want to go for it, Go for it. You got the green light. I said, you make the decision what you want to do until you get two strikes. You got the green light until then. First pitch. Boop, lays it down. She's safe. <laughs> I mean, it's, I love it, man. I love it because she. you can see every week she's getting a little more confident and a little more confident. And the same thing with her sister, Bliss. Yeah. They're, they're really starting to blossom, and I love it. The Beckers are as good as gold. That whole Literally, uh, Alex, Amy, and, and the two girls. I mean, they're just absolutely a plus people. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's always good for me personally, even if it comes at my own expense, to see one of those Becker girls do something good. Just because I know, you know, what kind of kids they are and what what kind of parents they have. And it's just like those are two kids you pull for. And so, I I, t I told Bliss one time. When she was on, on deck facing Elena, I said, I know she gives you hitting lessons. I said, but think how great it's going to be when you get a hit off of her. And she got <laughs> up there and she just started grinning ear to ear. Because you could tell. I mean, they look up to Elena. You can they tell. And, and she started grinning from ear to ear. And she gets up there and she starts battling. And she didn't get a hit, but she put it in play and and – came uh she got thrown out but she came back and I, she was just grinning ear to ear i said baby you got it you're gonna be able to do it and i tell them every time when they're on deck i say look at me and she looked they'll look at me i say i want to hear it tell me you can do it and she says i can do it i was like that's all i need to hear that's right that's right well man that i i love the backers well okay we we hadn't really you know talked about navy in this portion we really did during the you know when we were talking about the standings and stuff but uh, Navy's good, <laughs> you know, what else can you say? They have tremendous, uh, speed, power, defense, uh, when that team is all there and they will all be there on, uh, the Monticello weekend, the tournament weekend, they are really, really good. And they've, they've had so many kids do so many good things for them. I'm not even gonna, not even gonna single any of them out. Cause I think we've already, I think I've mentioned every name on that team with the exception of Callista Cormier, who's done great all fall, very vocal, good catcher, hit the ball, 
and Rayleigh Milton, who was at the workout today. Just a Rayleigh's just a little doll, little tall, skinny slapper athlete. Uh, she can pitch. Good kid. Sadie Griffin wasn't there this past weekend. She had her first home run uh, the weekend before that. So, I mean, Gray is just good. They got two good coaches and Tamar Strawn and Doug Starrett. And they're, uh, they're a well, uh, that's, that's all there is to it. The, speaking of Callista, this is going to sound like I'm being ugly, but this is like an extremely high compliment. The thing that I notice about her more than anything <laughs> yeah. She never shuts up on the field. <laughs> no, she does not. And 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 like I said, that's going to sound ugly. Yeah. Not at all. That is a huge compliment because she is always <laughs> encouraging somebody. Yep, yeah. It, in the best possible way, she never shuts up. Right. I mean, exactly. You're exactly right. I mean, she is. She's a great kid, and I mean, this kid again. You know, yeah, you can say, well, they chose to do it. That blah blah blah. But this kid. You know, we're waking up at six, six o'clock or whatever to, to drive to these locations. This kid's getting up at like two thirty or three o'clock in the morning, driving down, playing softball, giving a hundred percent, and then going back uh, to Bentonville. And so, uh, you know, I think kids like that, the the Katie Browns, the Adeline Vasquez's, all Steve's pretty much entire team coming from Texas. I mean, these kids are dealing with an element that some of the other girls don't have to deal with and uh, hats off to them for it. You know, really that's, that, uh, that's a big deal to me. Hopefully in the future, I can make that a little more accommodating for them sometimes, but Callista is a kid I really like. She goes on her visit to Arkansas Baptist this week. And so I'm hoping she gets some good feedback and, and uh, enjoys her time with coach Quinones. So that pretty much wraps up our player spotlight portion of this. And, Again, I'm looking at my clock here. We we go long, but I think it's okay to go long. I think people enjoy listening to us talk about these kids, and we try to mention as many as we can. Uh, we know college coaches listening to this. We have actual uh, document documented evidence that that is occurring. So, to me, the more kids we mention, the better. The more we can say about them, the better, because at the end of the day, we're there uh, in the fall league. We see, we interact them and we kind of know things about them we can talk about that could maybe give them a little edge here or there so uh we ha- i've enjoyed the fall league and talking about them and i think it's it's been a great thing and can't wait to do it again next week previewing next week not gonna go into that much because it's a bloodbath anybody can beat anybody but i will say gray plays navy and gray plays color we know those two teams are very good. They're in second and third place, respectively. So, uh, Gray will have to be on point next week. Who, who, just just out of curiosity, who do they play first? Let's see. They are going to play Columbia. Oh, man. <laughs> so they'll, they'll no, Gray is, Gray is going to play them first? What now? Gray yeah, is yeah. going to play them first? Yes. Oh, man. Think about this. If somehow, if Columbia pulls that off, oh. the, ga- the game against Navy and uh, Gray will be for the number one seed. You're right. Yeah, presuming that Navy Navy beats Pink later in the day. Oh, never mind then. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. But, no, you're right. You know, that's the kind of stuff that's good to know coming into these weeks. And you're right. Uh, Columbia. If Columbia beats Gray, then Gray 
has to at least tie against Navy to finish first, uh, presuming Navy wins both of their games. But if, if history is any indication in this thing, <laughs> uh, Navy, what's likely to happen is Columbia will beat Gray. Uh, Navy may beat Gray or tie Gray, and then Pink is going to beat Navy and Gray is going to finish first. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's typically how it's gone. Right. But, uh, okay, so we're going to – a little gears we got another something to talk about uh just on the me and you portion of it before we get to coach Wyatt, and that is kind of what i call the revolution that is occurring in prime right now we it's been in the works for multiple weeks uh it was in the works from the moment uh doug sterrett came on board but we actually got to see it physically this week with uh group workouts at performance sports in little rock uh run by dustin mosley and we got to see it again today with a private uh, skills workout uh, with Doug Starrett. And so the we'll talk about performance first. You know, I I know a lot about performance. Uh, I know a lot about Dustin. We opened that place up when he opened it. Uh, I can still remember taking my 10-year-old at the time son to take lessons from a former Razorback pitcher, Jay Sawatsky. And then we later turned to Dustin. Dustin was Brandon's pitching coach for years. And I, you know, I, I attribute a lot of hard work to Brandon getting the multiple SEC offers that he got. But all I can tell you is that when he went to performance for the group workouts, et cetera, he was an uncommitted 15-year-old left-handed pitching prospect. When he ended a year and a half later, he was a 16-year-old uh, committed to Arkansas prospect and he had offers from schools like Tennessee and some others. And I attribute a lot of that to the grind and the workout and the program that performance provides. And Doug, uh, he, Doug Starrett is the same way. His son, Peyton, his daughters, Skylar and Sadie are religious, uh, members of performance. They're involved in every class Dustin puts on Dustin, by the way, is a former big league pitcher, threw for the Padres, the Yankees, and I think he might have thrown for somebody else from Texarkana. The Angels, I believe. Yeah, yeah, the Angels, that's right. And so uh, this is a program that I think I can safely and confidently say if you buy in, it works. And it was good to see some prime girls taking that first step to buying in. You are better to speak about this than me. You were actually there because your daughter Delaney went. So tell me what you thought. And then I think we might have a special guest uh, for a moment that can actually offer some unique insight to this. But you tell me your thoughts first about performance. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let that special guest uh, give you the real insight on it because I, I wasn't sore at all when I left there. <laughs> I, I wasn't even breathing hard, honestly. But – um it was, I mean, man, I, I, you know, I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. And we drove two and a half hours up there to check it out on last Wednesday. And uh, just, I mean, I was impressed enough that we are now going to be going every Wednesday. Uh, because, I mean, I, I don't want this to come across as a negative about Delaney because it's not. But yeah. I didn't know exactly how she would respond to being pushed like that. And the way they pushed her, I'm telling you, I mean, it, it was insane. The things they were having them do. 
But yeah. my gosh, you can see the how they're going to have results from it. And I'm, when we left there, she was tired. She was wore out. Uh, the next day, she was sore, but she loved it. And the, yes. the people, the, the trainers they had that were doing it were engaged. I saw one of them. This guy supposedly runs a 4 three forty. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty quick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Skylar Starrett is just dominating her running group. Yeah. And I don't know if this kid was talking trash to her or what, but she had already ran four or five gassers. Yeah. And next thing I know, this trainer that runs the four three forty jumps in there in Skylar's group, and he beat her. Yeah. But it was by about a step. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" And wow. but yeah, man. The I mean, it was. We were there about an hour and a half, and yeah. it was an hour and a half of just straight intensity. And yeah. it, it was. You want to get bigger, faster, stronger? That's it. And. That's a good- put it it's an hour and a half of intensity and it is if if you buy into this you will be unrecognizable uh in a year like you you are totally different bigger stronger faster and more explosive yeah, I, you know not i mean i'm not trying to toot mine in your horn but yeah. i mean when it comes to the knowledge of the game yeah we know what we're talking about yeah but as far as being a uh, uh, an instructor. I, I don't, I, I mean, that ain't us, but no, that's no, what I, Doug brings. And when I tell you, Doug knows what he's doing. Oh my goodness. He does. Absolutely. That is a huge, I mean, I know we're going to talk to him in a week or so yeah, and yeah. I'll let him go into it more, yeah. but that's a huge get for prime because that's something we didn't have. I've said that from the beginning, you know, Doug, Doug said, when you get Doug, yeah, you get Skyler. Skyler is, in my opinion, one of the top 26 prospects in America, not Arkansas, uh, the United States of America. Uh, Sadie, 28, uh, it's too early, you know, for that, in that age group, but I can pretty much guarantee you here in two years when it, their time comes, Sadie will be one of the top prospects in Arkansas and possibly the country. But what you also get when you bring the Starrets on board is you get Doug. And Doug Doug has worked his way to gold in his own right. And I was really happy. I've known that. But I was really happy for our organization to get to see that this week. And, you know, we'll just transition from performance into what we saw today. We, we had a group workout run by Doug in Sheridan uh, on Sheridan High School Field. We had 28 girls show up. And uh, – he worked, he worked them uh, for a solid two-plus hours, and those kids got a lot better today. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, you know, just fundamental stuff. Doug is big on fundamentals. He's big on discipline and doing things the right way. And, uh, you know, that's what he was doing today. He was teaching it from the ground up the right way to do things. And if you continue to practice that and own in on those skills, you will in- – definitely become a better softball player all the yeah, way for and sure and and i mean at performance and and again all of a sudden i mean you're talking you know we talk about maddie holcomb's earlier you know the story on maddie now i don't know because i didn't know her but the story on maddie is you know maddie was nothing special a couple of years ago but two years with doug and the performance workouts and the uh, fundamental workouts from him 
man. We, well, you you heard what we said about her earlier. So a monster. Hey, she's a monster, and uh, it's not Maddie is not some special kid that that she's the only one that could make those kind of strides. It happens for anybody who buys into the program and truly, truly uh, puts a hundred percent into it. And so let's bring on that special guest. Is she available to come on right now? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on just a second. On here. Hello. Hello. Delaney Boyd. Delaney Boyd, a famous member of the army joins us for a second. Uh, Delaney, if you don't know her, she is uh, an outfielder slash first baseman from El Pedro. She plays on our 18U national team. She played for me for several years. Uh, Lucian is her dad. Uh, great kid, great personality. She's committed to National Park in where she will be rooming with prime teammates Allie Mendoza and Sarah Campain, and we think maybe another prime teammate. We can't mention that yet, but. Uh, anyway, Delaney is a great person to talk to about the subject we were just on because Delaney did it both. Delaney was at performance on Wednesday. Delaney was uh, at the workout today. Delaney, let's let's talk first about performance. What did you experience there? You're the one who went through it. What did you experience? Um, it was obviously tough, but I knew that going into it. And it was just a great workout because, like Coach Doug says, he's there for us to get better. And that's what we went there to do. And I'm looking forward to going back coming weeks. Well, I mean, that's that's what your dad said. And to me, that's all the evidence you need. Uh, this was a kid who showed up Wednesday, uh, busted her butt, uh, worked her butt off, got in the – drove two and a half hours, and then got in the car, drive two and a half hours back. Next day, she's sore. <laughs> tired. She wakes up. I want to go back. And uh, I think you can you can tell – how much bigger, stronger, and faster it's going to make you over time if you buy in and do this. Okay, moving on to what we saw today at the the group workout. Talk to me about what you learned today and just kind of Coach Doug and his coaching style and, and what you liked about it. I told my dad when we left that I liked how he explained things. And I've done outfield forever. Yeah. And it was a lot of, like, infield-type footwork. And I learned a lot, and I got better at a lot of things that I wasn't as great at. And I can see that I will get much better at it. Right, right. I mean, he, Doug has a very unique way of breaking things down to make it understandable to kids. Uh, he's a good teacher. And I think you, you would say that after going through one of his practices today, wouldn't you? Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> okay, last question, and then we're done with you. Uh, can you believe Pink beat White? I mean, can oh, you, you know, I, training all week last week, that was my one thing on top was beating Jay Lupo again. See, I, I, oh, you had to put the again part in there. See, that's that's what I'm telling you guys about this freaking Pink coach. He he motivates his team to play against mine for some reason. And you they, know, we have a whiteboard in our living room. And on the top of it, it said, beat Jay Lupo. <laughs> hey, I actually believe that. <laughs> I think that's probably true. So, well, hey, just for me to I'm proud of you for doing what you've done this week, and I can 100% guarantee you if you continue to do it, you will be a tremendously better player. And you're already a good player. You're already good enough to get a scholarship to go play in college. And so if you get that much better, 
you're going to be ready to step on campus and play when you get to that college. So you keep up the hard work. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Jay. All right, buddy. Get your dad back on here. Okay. You know, I think we I think it's safe to say talking to Delaney, talking to you, talking to Michael Johnson, you know, the people who've experienced it uh, and what, what we've seen that uh, the things that our girls got to do this week, we want to do them as much as possible. And it's going to be better. It's going to benefit the entire organization from top to bottom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can I mean, there's no way you can go through what those girls went through Wednesday and what those uh, uh, that group went through today and not I mean, if you don't come out of that better, it's because you didn't put in the effort. Yeah, if you right. go there and commit to it, there's no chance you don't get better. That's right. And, and Doug will say that when, when we talk about this kind of stuff sometimes that, you know, it is what you put in. I mean, he can't do it for you. He can't go work out for you. He can't go break down and, and, and get his butt down for you to get in the three-point stance to field a ground ball, uh, you know, the defensive triangle, all that stuff. He can't do it for you. But if you buy in and you listen – and you try, you're going to get better. There's no way you can't. And we don't want to go too much in on the Doug stuff because, like Lucian said, we're going to bring Doug on here himself, and he can tell you about it uh, because, again, this is not our wheelhouse. This is Doug's wheelhouse. Doug, yeah, that... the, guy, the guy does it because he wants to. I mean, he wants to make kids better. That's what he likes. He doesn't care how good the kid is when he gets them. He could care less. He wants to make them better, uh, and uh, he does. Uh, his kids are living proof of that. The kids that have been with him are living proof of that, and I am uh, tickled to death that our prime girls are going to get to experience that and go through it. So, yeah, uh, that's a that's an episode in the future yes. that everybody's going to want to check that out because I mean he's an interesting dude. Yeah, but you know, I, I talked about how intense the workouts are. Yeah. Man, when he was talking, to, he talked to the parents uh, alone while the girls were getting warmed up. He was so intense. I was ready to go out there and work out. I mean, he, 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 man, he, it's, you want to catch that episode because he will get you fired up for yeah. sure. Doug is intense. And we, like I said, we, we will save that for, for his episode, but I've got some stuff. You know, I'll leave it with this. The Starrett's, all of them, starting at the top with Doug, are just built a little bit different. And uh, when we have him on, you'll understand why. But uh, anyway, this kind of wraps up that portion. I think we're ready to transition to our chat with Coach Wyatt. Pick up I want to give a shout-out real quick. Yeah. Because we, we missed this one when we were talking about the players. Yeah. When we were talking about Arkansas Baptists. Yes. How about Grace Trogger getting a visit? Absolutely. Man, yeah. could not be happier for anybody. Oh. I mean, that kid, she she is a absolute sweetheart. Well, hey, to interrupt you real quick, uh, was Grace at performance on Wednesday? She was. Was Grace at the workout today? She was. She was. Uh, and, and that's, you know, Grace is a high academic kid. She's smart. She still doesn't know if she wants to go to college for academic wants to play softball but it was awesome to know that you know a kid a good kid like that is gonna have college opportunities that's what i was gonna say i don't care if she doesn't want to go play college softball what i'm happy for is that visit shows her that the hard work that she does 
it's yeah. it, it's paying off and it's being rewarded. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, I really are kind of blanked on this. You know, we're, we got autumn coming up, so we're going to talk a lot about that. But really, we're going to get into some of this stuff, too. You know, Lily Emberton has her visit set up with Hendricks now. Coach Hunt was uh, out there last week at, at uh, Lake Hamilton. Um, we have multiple girls getting visits with Coach White etc. So uh, the PSFL week five, again, was another very successful recruiting weekend. And your your comment on Grace there kind of jogged my memory on it. Okay, we're uh, in our special guest portion of the podcast. And tonight we have a very special one in Coach Autumn White of National Park College. Coach, what's up? Thank you for having me. Super excited. Love the podcast so far. So super excited to be on it and talk with you. Oh, man, we, we are so happy to have you. Uh, you know, this is really our our first real uh, adult guest, I would say. You know, the first two podcasts, we had Cooper Terry, who uh, committed to OBU, and then we had our Missouri girls, Abby and Jaden, last week. So you're actually the first adult, aside from me. I don't even know if we can call Lucian an adult, but you're the first adult, aside from me, to be on the podcast. So it's a tremendous honor, uh, Autumn. That's how much we like you. Hey, those girls set the bar high, but I mean, someone's got to keep you in line. So <laughs> that's right. They didn't I'll do my best for the record. Uh, okay. Well, let's, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk to coach White about number one, let's go ahead and start with last weekend. She was our host for a PSFL action week, week four, I believe at hot Springs. And just, you know, you kind of know the idea of what we're doing. You've been following it. You've been involved in it. Uh, but tell Tell the uh, listeners kind of from a college coach perspective what you liked about what you saw last weekend. So during the fall season, it's very hard for us to go out and get to recruit because we're in the middle of our fall season as well. So we play 14 dates. we got 28 games. We're playing anywhere from two to three times a week, most weekends. So it's really hard to go out and get to tournaments. So the PSFL provided the opportunity to get a tremendous amount of talent right here in Hot Springs, right down the road from us. Um, And just, I mean, you have 80 plus athletes that are just awesome, awesome kids. And there was great talent out there, which was really cool to see. I mean, you had the top team in the league statistically playing the bottom bottom team in the league from a statistical standpoint. We saw them tie, and I don't know. I think it's really cool that we got to see them, and there was other coaches that came out there as well. So these girls are getting to play top-level talent week in and week out in front of multiple coaches, but they're not having to be out there playing six games all weekend. And so it's a good balance of playing competition, getting seen by college coaches, but also still having your weekend and getting to be a kid. Man, I, I really, tr- I'm like, we need to make a commercial with that on it because I really <laughs> could not have summed that up better. That's, a, that's exactly what I wanted it to be, is uh, a relatively laid back but competitive and productive thing for our kids. And, you know, just obviously you were very interactive with our kids, you and Coach Dory. Uh, y'all were around literally all day. Uh, you were up in the press box or you were in dugouts, you know, introducing yourself to kids you know we we uh 
we introduced you to multiple kids that you didn't know who they were before. And then you also got to talk and meet uh, and mingle with uh, kids you already knew, kids you may have, you know, been interested in, et cetera. So uh, I, what I saw Saturday was just a, another tier of interaction, you know, and, and that's really special to me because that's how I want it to be one day eventually to where coaches know there's significant talent. Uh, in the prime fall league and uh, they're willing to drive and show up wherever we're at to evaluate and scout and talk to our kids and, you know, get kids opportunities. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And it's really good for us junior college coaches because we don't have the strict recruiting rules that other divisions have. So in this laid back setting where you're not playing for a trophy or a championship, we can go out on the field or go in the dugout and really interact and start building those relationships with these kids and get to know who they are as people. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's the beauty of it. And and you kind of set the bar there. I mean, I, like I said, everybody just loves you and that. So anytime they get a chance to kind of talk to you and mingle with you, that's a big deal. And uh, I personally appreciate, you know, how, interactive both you and coach dory were uh last saturday so appreciate the kind words and don't be surprised if your soundbite ends up on a prime commercial one day (laughs) i'll collect my royalties but i appreciate (laughs) (laughs) look at you trying to get some money um okay so we're gonna shift little gears here i want you to talk about npc for a minute because you know everybody i think follows college softball and stuff and they follow you know the junior colleges they follow all the schools in the state but for those that don't know autumn is autumn is an empire builder that's that's what i call her Uh, she and i have that in common and uh she's building something special at npc and if you need you need evidence of that you can look at uh their their results this fall uh they're beating quality uh, division two schools in this state and you know just things are really kind of moving forward for you at NPC. What year is this for you now? Three or four? Uh, starting year three right now. Okay. So this is the start of year three. You've gotten better every year. And just kind of talk about the momentum your program has right now. Man, um, just the amount of momentum we've created in such a short amount of time is awesome. Um, I can contribute it to my help with Coach Dory. I think Dory is an amazing assistant and she's been really a big part of that growth for us, but also the girls that I've brought on and their willingness to just buy in. Um, I had, you know, I still have girls on the team right now that committed to the previous coach. And so once I took the job, I had to kind of get in contact with them, really tell them what we're trying to build here. And they decided to stay on board and, they're collecting awards. They're all region players. They're getting looks at the next level at four years. So they were really a big part of seeing the vision before I even got there, trusting what I had put in place and then right. seeing it through. So, right. right. Um, it's, it's the, you know, like I said, the, the evidence is there at this point, you're in year three. Uh, all you need to do is uh, look up the, look at the results and, I mean, you're, you guys are killing it there. And talk a little bit about, you know, this is something you and I have talked about before, but I think uh, NPC is a, uh, I mean, it could be kind of considered a sleeping giant in the junior college ranks because Hot Springs is a great city to, to go to school. in. I mean, that's a good place to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we just had a 
let's just say a stud that was recognized through the fall league in prime and playing in prime before on campus recently. And they were blown away by um, the facilities and what we have here and just what NPC has to offer. And I mean, they kind of said, we didn't know all this was here. Like it's beautiful. And so I think that the results speak for themselves, but also when kids come on campus, that's just really, I mean, it's hard right. to say no. It's hard not to want to be a part of this. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. Your track record when you actually get them physically on your campus is uh, pretty good. It's, uh, <laughs> you're batting almost a thousand there on them. So. Yeah, uh, all American numbers, but um, and hopefully that continues. Um We've got a lot of good talent coming on visits recently, and I can contribute that to what you're doing with Prime, but also the Prime League. Um, I'll kind of go back, touch on this past weekend really quick, just yeah. for another second. But there's yeah. some there's some kids that I that are new to Prime or maybe hadn't played with Prime before that were in the fall league that caught our attention that we're already uh, building connections with and everything like that. So in the 24 and 25 class. So things happen quick, but we're excited. And this past weekend was really big for us in starting to make our list for the next couple of years. Well, I mean, see, that's, that's the kind of stuff right there that I love to hear because that's what I want it to be. I want it to, I mean, it's something that can help you and it can help the kids. And I mean, it's just, it's all, that's what it's about to me. And so to hear you say that again, <laughs> you can, <laughs> messing around you're gonna be on a you're gonna be on a billboard or something <laughs> uh, okay speaking of kids and mm-hmm. i we can't get specific because the ncj rules uh but you got a quality 24 class coming in and there is some uh you know there's a there's some prime flavor in it so just talk about your uh your 24 class the group you're going to be bringing in next year oh yes prime heavy would be um a good way to put it uh <laughs> We're, we're I'm, at, you're, I'm stupid. Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> um, so right now through Prime, we have four, and I'm hoping by next week that becomes five for next right. year. Um, but the talent speaks for itself with those kids. I mean, it's unreal. They, Those are kids that step on the field and make themselves noticed by everyone watching. They're fun to watch. They're fun to be in the dugout with. Um, You don't want to play against them, but you want to play with them kind of kids. And more than who they are as athletes, the personalities are just unreal. I mean, there's never a dull moment. There's never a quiet moment. Um, So definitely a lot of fun, a lot of flavor coming in from the prime side, but also I mean, we've had kids from Louisiana. We have kids coming in from Texas. And I will say these girls built connections with your prime girls at the camps. And they're already making friends with them. So I think we're going to have a really close-knit group next year. But also a very, very talented group as well. So the best is yet to come in Hot Springs. I think that... We're only going to keep moving up. Something really exciting is that we're hosting our district tournaments at Hot Springs this year. So what that means is the winner of the district tournament um, actually goes to the World Series. So we have a chance to make it to the World Series on our home field, which would be just the dream. Yeah, right, right. I mean, that's the that's that's the ultimate goal of every team 
uh, I would think when they start out the year is to, to qualify for the world series and uh, to be able to do it at home. That's a, that, that's really special there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, everyone wants to, obviously the goal for everyone is to play for a national championship, win a national championship. But I wholeheartedly believe that that is completely doable at NPC. We were just a handful of games from going last year. Right. So, I mean, I tell kids this when they come on visits, this is the vision for the program, but look at the steps that we've made towards that vision already. And you can be a part of that. Right. I, I, that's what, that's what I'm saying. When, when we talked about all the momentum you got, I mean, you, you actually have that to sell when you bring kids on your campus, you're, you're not just selling your pretty campus or your, uh, you know, the nice facility you guys get to use. You're, you're also selling, uh, potential championships and being a part of something special and in a good place. So, I mean, really NPC checks a lot of boxes, but you got to have the right leader there. And uh, I, I think I speak for a lot of people in the know and say that NPC has the right leader in charge. Well, thank you. That means a lot. I know we give each other a hard time a lot, but you're nice to me sometimes, Jay. Yeah, so. yeah you, we give each other a hard taste. It's mostly one way, though, Autumn. You know it. Uh, You're right. You always harass me. No. no I'm always <laughs> nice to you. That's actually incorrect. Uh, you wearing the pink shirt <laughs> this past weekend and, you know, clearly supporting Lucian for some reason. Freaking Lucian, I'll tell you what. I'm glad he's not on this part of the podcast. I'm <laughs> we miss you, Lucian. Don't edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. Last little bit that I want to talk about. I do want you to give some just generic recruiting advice for kids, uh, but I want to talk first specifically about junior college. I'm a, I've told you this a million times, and I mean it. I'm a huge fan of junior college. Uh, I just think it's a uh, it's a great fit for about 95% of kids coming out of high school. I, I think it's one of those things where you can't go wrong if that's the route you choose to go. And that was before. Uh, the wild west of the transfer portal. And now uh, with, with the way college athletics, it's not just softball, but with the way college athletics are with, with the transfer portal, man, I tell you, it's, it's a uh, it, junior college is a really attractive option right now. I would think to uh, many, many kids coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. So talk about junior college just overall and, and why it's a good choice, you know, for a lot of kids out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll start by saying, if I'm going to be honest, I was super skeptical of junior college. Um, I think there's always been a stigma around junior college that you have to either be a lesser athlete or a lesser student. And that's kind of who junior college go junior colleges go after or who is quote unquote a JUCO player. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, And the longer I am in the junior college level, the more I just am blown away by the talent that we see week in and week out. And you can see by our fall um, results that it doesn't matter what level you're playing at. We're competing with the division two schools. We're beating the division two schools. Um, We actually play a division one school this week. So I'm going to put us up against the best and you can go on from a junior college level and play with the best and be the best. But Junior college offers so many um, just opportunities that you may not get at a four-year level. So right at at the four-year level, you you might be – sorry. No, you're good. 
uh, at the four year level, you know, you as a freshman are coming in as an 18 year old, maybe on the same team as a 22 year old, 23 year old, depending on if they've sat out before, if they transferred, redshirted, all of that stuff. And the difference in an 18 year old player and a 22, 23 year old player after four or five years in a college weight room, seeing four to five years of college pitching is a stark difference. Um, whereas at the junior college level, you're everyone you're playing is 18, 19 years old. Right. right. You're kind of playing people your own age. And then also at the four-year level, you know, you are, as an incoming freshman, you're also competing with seniors who may have been in that position for three years already. You're competing with junior college transfers. You're competing with transfer portal kids. So there's all these different kids with all these different experiences coming in that you're having to compete for playing time with. And junior college allows you to come in kind of on the same playing field as everyone else. You know, everyone's getting their feet wet, learning how college works really um making that transition from high school to college on the academic the athletic the social all that all those different sides and also getting to i mean live breathe eat softball um i will say something that everyone needs to know if you want to go to the junior college level you have got to love softball you can't be half in half out or you know it's fun like you've got to love softball because they talk about the juco grind it is a juco grind um you play so many more games so in the fall we get to have 14 dates so if i decide i want to play multiple games on a date i can do that right so um i know at the division two level they might only play three to five dates And so just the amount of dates you play in the fall is a big difference. And then in the spring, we can play 60 games. So you're looking at 80 plus games a year. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, that's, and and, you know, I'm glad you touched on that really. I mean, you've, you've nailed everything uh, as usual, but you're a hundred percent correct. I mean, you, you got to be all in if you want to go to the next level and play and uh, Juco can have that stigma of, well, I'm not as good, so I might go to a junior college, or I'm not as smart, I might go to a junior college, or, yeah, I think I want to play college softball, I'll go to a junior college, and it's like, actually, that's that's the exact opposite, because you are you are all softball uh, at a junior college, and that's the advantage of it. I mean, you get you get to come in and play, um, whereas you, if you if you go to a four-year, and I'm not, I'm not dogging four years, I'm not saying don't look at four years or don't go to four years, but you uh, – you need to do your homework, uh, certainly, when, when you're looking at schools and in junior colleges. You get to just jump right in. You're going to get some some game experience, uh, get some A-Bs. And it's like you said, you could go to, say, a D1 or D2. You could sit there, bide your time for a year or two, and then right when you think it's your time to shine and go out onto the field, the school you're at brings in a transfer at your position who, you know, let's say a ju- she was a junior college transfer and she's got – what, 300, 350 plate appearances over, over a two-year junior college career against college pitching. And uh, she's a little more ready to to see college pitching than you are. And so mm-hmm. it's a scenario that I would think plays out quite frequently in today's climate. Oh, yeah. Um, and like you said, this is not dogging four years whatsoever. I played at a four-year. I love my right. time at a four-year. Um, it was just 
I didn't know anything about the junior college level. I was still believing that stigma back then. And looking back, I kind of wish I would have gone to a junior college because I have not heard anyone go to a JUCO that didn't love their JUCO days. I mean, you always hear the crazy stories and like, oh, the bus broke down and we played for, I don't know, 10 innings and then got back late and then grinded the next morning. And I don't know. All the fun stuff that has to do with it as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it really is uh, a great experience. And, uh, again, it's I, it's just one of those to where I have a hard time finding the negatives in it. I, I really do. I, I don't see any negatives in choosing to go the JUCO route because, you know, just dealing with recruiting a lot I, – a lot of the four-year coaches and, and I mean, that's what they got to do. They're, they're recruiting you on potential, what they think you might be. And, uh, you know, that's what they're recruiting high school kids as, but when they go after junior college kids, they're typically recruiting them for a role on their team the next season. Like they pretty much know what they're going to get and they have that role in mind. So kind of talk about that, just the different approach from coaches dealing with junior college prospects and high school prospects. Yeah, so I think that with a junior college transfer, you kind of know what you're going to get. You you can see their stats play out against college pitching. So you're like, okay, this is how they would perform at this level. High school might be a different story. They might play at a great high school, and, you know, their stats translate well. They might do great, step in as a freshman, start, awesome, play all four years, cool. Um, but you don't know. You don't know if they're able to make that switch and really step into the level of college ball right away. So that could be something to consider. But like you said, it's all based on potential. And maybe they see they have a person in mind for, let's say, okay, I have a senior coming back and she's my starting shortstop, but I want to recruit this freshman so that I can develop her for a year and then see her fitting in maybe year two, year three. Um, so that might be in an approach as well. Uh, some programs have JV rosters that they have to fill uh, as part of administration, really needing some numbers and also wanting to have a developmental program under their wing. Um, so there's a lot of different recruiting, I guess, strategies. Yeah. And that's something that you as a player really need to ask the coach through the recruiting process. Um, I think a big question to ask is, where do you see me fitting into your program? Yeah. Um, ask them to explain their role. Because like you said, a coach already knows where they see you if they're bringing you on a visit. They kind of have a an idea of where you fit into the program. So you need to know what that coach sees for you. Because if you see yourself coming in, being a four-year starter playing center field, and they see you as a role player, for a year or two and then filling in in the outfield that's something you guys need to sort out or that might not be a happy experience for you that's that's right i mean the more questions you ask and the more homework you do in this process you uh the better off you're likely to be now that's not to say that everybody who does their due diligence you know has a great experience in college and that's not to say that you know some kids just recruit or commit because they love the coach or love the school and they have a great experience i mean it just Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I'm of the opinion that at certain levels, it takes a little bit of luck and a little bit of fortune and hard work to uh, 
really prevail. But, you know, the kids that I've dealt with, you know, my son was big baseball player, got recruited at the highest level, signed with the Razorbacks. And, you know, the boys that currently are either in the in the pros, you know, he's, he's played with guys that are on the cusp of the majors right now. He's played with guys that are doing well at big D, D1 schools and guys that are doing well at schools like UAM and places like that. And the common theme that I see, is those were the kids who wanted it. They worked hard and they wanted it and they got to college and just busted their butt. And so uh, talk a little bit about that, about the different, you know, maybe work ethic that, that college softball requires. Man, um, like I said, it's, it's an absolute grind. Um, it's not travel ball or high school anymore where, you just do it after school or you just show up on the weekends and kind of a show and go travel ball style, throw the ball around a couple times, play six games in a day, which is still crazy to think about how I used to do that. I know. But um, it's, I mean, you're going through a structured strength and conditioning program. You are practicing five, six days a week sometimes. Um, I try to warn the girls because they're used to playing five games a day in travel ball. And I'm like, I don't know what it is, but a college doubleheader will take the life out of you more than a full day of travel ball. Right. I, don't, I don't know if it's just the extra intensity or the adrenaline or what it is, but it's a new, it's a higher level of softball. And even with all that work you're putting in, if you're not putting in extra work, you're not going to be, I mean, the superstar yeah like just doing all of that which is a lot is just enough to compete yes so yes. I, I, think, I mean it's doing stuff on your own it's going to your batting coach still i mean we have a pitcher on staff right now i can talk about her now because she's with us uh yeah. bailey cow former yeah. prime player yes um we'll throw four yeah. bullpens a week and she still drives and <laughs> uh goes and works with her pitching coach once a week right right that's, that's right. I mean, that, you know, that's the level of dedication that I think it takes, like you said, to stand out. Uh, you, you know, getting you getting there and working hard that you're going to compete. But if you want to be if you want to be the guy, uh, it's going to require some extra work. And really, that's that's my experience of the kids who do really well. It's, it's the ones who want willing to make it their life and work really hard. And so uh, there you have it. I mean, that's a this is coming from a college coach and she's pretty much telling you, uh, you want, you want to be the guy one day, then that's, that's, uh, that's the approach you need to have with it. And so staying on that theme, let's talk a little bit more about recruiting. We're almost done. I'm not going to, I know that that baby's likely to wake up. (laughs) Uh, I, I, but I do want to take advantage of having you on here uh, just to give some advice to our kids, you know, something that, that is big to me uh, that, that I've seen play out many times over the years. And I see it continue to play out is body language. Uh, how mm-hmm. important is body language in a prospect that you're looking at? It's everything. Um, I have written off multiple kids who were, I mean, all state, all conference. I mean, superstars that, they let their body language and their results consume them, whether that's talking back to umpires, talking back to coaches, um, having errors written all over their face, allowing it to carry into the next play. I think that that kind of shows, 
I don't know. It shows a little bit of your character for how you're treating other people. But also the body language is I want someone who can, you know, brush it off, who can get back out there. Um, I'm a coach that watches you from on a strikeout. I'll watch you from the batter's box to the dugout. Um, I'll watch how you interact with the players who try to pick you up. I will watch if you throw your helmet or bat. I will watch how you get back onto defense. Those things are very, very important to me um, because when it is very hard as a coach to build a culture and maintain a culture. So little things like that that I can really look for and pinpoint and be picky about, I'm going to be very picky about. Um, I will take a lesser athlete all day if they're a greater person. Right. And, and I tell you, that's, uh, again, for, I, ho- I hope all of our girls listen to this because that's so true. I mean, just just what she just said, I love, she said, I'm the kind of coach that watches you after a strikeout, I watch you walk back to the dugout. I, I want to see how you act. And and I, I'm with you. I mean, you, you we just talked about how hard college softball is. All of the college softball players are going to experience some adversity along the way. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, you don't want a bunch of whining babies, do you? No, preferably not. (laughs) (laughs) Got one at home. He's sleeping right now. But (laughs) it's something that, uh, you know, it's a huge red flag when when college coaches see this stuff. And I don't think kids realize that sometimes. Oh, they're not watching me or they didn't see that or whatever. But the reality is when, when you're getting evaluated, Man, they, the, the college coaches watch everything. You you just heard Coach Wise say, I, I watch you from the, the batter's box to the dugout after a strikeout. We've had girls that have, you know, struggled, uh, like pitchers specifically, struggled in the circle, and then after the game got an offer because of it, because they said we liked how you continued to compete out there. And so uh, that's what coaches are looking for. They're looking for kids who will fight, dig in and fight, be team players and and not bring the team down with their actions. And so I, I talk about body language a lot and stress it. And I just wanted our, I wanted the girls primarily to hear about how important it is just from players and parents. I mean, cause coaches don't want parent issues either. Uh, and parents something else that for, for the aspiring, let's say, let's say 26s and 27s. Cause right now it's a little, premature for their time I, I we definitely have some 26s uh getting some serious serious looks right now mm-hmm. but that's the top that's the top end of them uh we have plenty of more good quality kids that age that are going to going to be college softball players or have the opportunity to play give them some advice right now as a 26 kind of what they where their focus should be and and what you know what what they should be doing uh, on a weekend to weekend basis, day to day basis. Mm-hmm. So I'm very passionate about the recruiting process. So I could talk about recruiting for hours, but as a 26 or 27 right now, um, you know, you're recruiting, if it's not already started, it's right around the corner. So what I usually suggest for any age is to start writing down what's important to you. Um, so What's important to you when you're looking for a school? Uh, The easiest thing to start with is location. So how far are you willing to be from home and still be happy? So some kids don't care where they go. They are fine with coming home just for Thanksgiving break, Christmas break. Some kids want to go home every weekend. So 
I think that is the number one question to start with because then it keeps you from wasting your time and other coaches' time that don't fit that criteria. So figure out what that hour radius is and draw a circle around your house. Okay, that's step one. Let's start there. All right. After that, um, start thinking about what you want to do in college, what you want to major in. Okay, because softball is great. Softball is fun, but softball is not why you're going to college. So you also need to once you get that radius, and you get the list of schools. Now we need to start. Okay, which of those schools actually have what I want to major in? Because after you establish that list, the list is starting to get shorter and shorter as you add more criteria. Um, after that, I always suggest, you know, reaching out to those coaches. And if you're really interested in school, attending one of their camps. Right, right. Uh, I think that's the best way to get in front of a coach right on their campus. Yes, it's nice to go to the camps that have. 30 plus coaches, but 30 plus coaches plus 200 plus kids with coaches having to rotate. I mean, it's all a blur at some point. So if you're very interested in a specific school, reach out to that coach specifically, make sure you get in front of that school on their campus at their camp, introduce yourself, make yourself known to them. Right. Right. Um, so those are a couple things right now I can think of. Oh, well, I mean, that that was absolute gold right there. I mean, she's giving you a a playbook on what you need to be doing and what you need to be thinking about. And you're 100 percent right. As a matter of fact, last night I was talking to I mean, really, you you know who she is. I'm not going to mention her name, but I would I would say she's the top prospect in our entire organization. I was talking to her last night and I was like, so, mm -hmm. so give me five dream schools. Give, give me five dream schools. And, you know, she rattled several off and. You know, some of them were a long way away. And I said, so would you really, truly go to school that far away? And, and she kind of paused and she looked at me and she said, I don't know. I, I want to keep my options open right now, but I, I don't know that the answer to that. And you clearly, you know, these are kids you're dealing with. You're dealing with 15, 16 year old kids. And I know my son was 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 one and he he was one of those that didn't give. I mean, he, he didn't think about this kind of stuff at that age and. Uh, what Coach Wyatt's telling you is 100% right. That's the first thing you need to do because it, it, that makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're not going to go more than three hours from home, then you don't need to look at school six hours away. That's pointless. You're wasting your time and you're wasting the coach's time. And then you need to uh, you need to do your academic research because yes, that there's no professional softball. You're not going to make millions playing softball. And uh, lastly. You need to uh, – what was the third one you said? It was really good, too. Oh. <laughs> I, just, I just had it. Uh, oh, my gosh. Hold on. I have more. We can just add another third one. It can also be number three. <laughs> uh, uh, going to their camps, I think, oh, might they, have been it. Okay. The, the, the mass camps, <laughs> the, the, the individual campus camps, and – my experience with the mass camps, I'm not telling you don't go to them because it's, it is an opportunity and you never know when you can catch someone's eye. But the the individual camps, the going to camps on schools, campuses to where they're the only school there. I really, if you're interested in a school, I 100 percent recommend you go do that because, like she said, it gives you an opportunity to look the coach in the eye, introduce yourself and if you stand out that day, then that coach is going to remember you. And who knows, who knows, it could lead to something down the line. And so 
that's a that's a great little playbook right there on what what kids should be doing, whether they're 26s, 7s, 8s, 4s, 5s, it doesn't matter. That is kind of how you should approach this whole recruiting thing. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to kind of kill it. Like, like you said, you could talk recruiting all night. I could talk to you all night. But I know that you get very seldom do you get time to yourself. And uh, I don't want to take it all up <laughs> talking to <laughs> So, uh, you know, if you, if you got anything else you want to add, any other advice, anything else, feel free to go ahead and do it. And if not, Autumn, I think we can, I think we can let you go and let you off the hook. And while that baby's still sleeping, kind of let you enjoy some peace and quiet for a minute. Yeah, I guess my last thing is, and I tell the girls that come on visits, is enjoy the process of recruiting. Recruiting is very stressful, and I understand that. But it's also what you worked so hard for. You've worked for the visits. You've worked to have coaches tell you how much they want you in their program and how good you are and all those things. So it's a stressful fun, but it really needs to be enjoyed. And don't limit your options, okay? You owe it to yourself to explore every option that's out there for you. So That's exactly right. And you know, uh, I appreciate you giving all this insight because this is this is good stuff for kids to listen to. I hope uh, people will will tell their kids about it and tell them to listen to. You don't have to listen to me and Lucian talk, but you, you <laughs> order this portion of the show and listen to you. Uh, and and with that, we we will kill it. Um, you know, we are huge fans of you. Uh, goes without saying, everybody in this organization is, especially me. I think you do a great job. Uh, there i think you are building a monster i am very excited that i know some of the kids that are going to be headed your way and helping you win all these games and hopefully get to a juco world series and uh, just know that we're we're pulling for you and we're we're happy to uh, sit back and watch your success well thank you and i think prime is already doing great things this fall league is just the first of many things the podcast is the next step and I don't know, the training you guys are doing. So you guys really do right by these kids. And I love to see it for the kids, for the sport of softball, and really for Arkansas as well. So, Okay. Well, Autumn, you've been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Okay. Bye, buddy. Bye. Okay. That was uh, Coach Autumn White, NPC. Boy, she is a – she's a rock star, man. Uh you know, she's just got a great personality. She's a great recruiter. She's completely willing to work with programs. You know, she works with us, obviously, but she works with all the other travel organizations. And uh, she's, like I said, she's an empire builder. And uh, she's building something real special there. So I appreciate her time tremendously. Uh, my advice, yeah, you you could skip me and Lucian tonight, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you're going to listen to anything, you make sure you fast forward to that portion of the podcast because that was really, really good. She gave some awesome advice. Uh, so with that said, that's that's uh, the number three edition of the Throwing Smoke podcast. Thank you for joining us and tune in next week.